this morning. Father, we're here. You bid us. Your Holy Spirit's moved us. We're here. Now we ask that you would be here, that you be here in your power and your strength and in your, your compassion and your forgiveness. Be here to help us to discover that life that only comes from you. Help us to be ready to give up everything, to give up ourselves and to live for you that your name would be honored and glorified, not just in this time and in this hour, but in every breath, in every word, in every thought, in every action. Father, we just want to be yours. You claimed us in Christ. Now we pray, empower us. Empower us in the cross to be your people in this time. We ask it in his precious and holy name. Amen. Let's go ahead and have a seat this morning. So as we start this morning, uh, I gotta I gotta ask you to join with me in a new 9:30 rule. You ready for a new 9:30 rule? If you're a regular 9:30 person, the 9:30 new 9:30 rule is squeeze. It's a great rule. I love this rule because it means we're reaching more people and more folks are coming. But uh, want to ask you if you could just uh, make sure you squeeze in. I don't see. I get to stand up here and watch some of those folks who come in a little bit late. You know, a car wouldn't start or whatever, right? And uh, or the alarm didn't go off, or they're like me, they just didn't want to get up. But um, but we need to squeeze so folks can come in, and especially visitors come in and be comfortable, okay? Amen. You with me on that from now on? I hope so. Thanks. Okay. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Okay. Here's what we're doing. Today, uh, we're finishing it up, the, the series, Did Jesus Have to Say? And uh, the title is Wood Holland is, uh, is Required. And uh, Holland's a real word, isn't it? I think that's a real word. It's a real word in my vocabulary, so, you know, I've been hauling things, right? Uh, so wood hauling is necessary. Remember what we're doing, and for those visiting us in this series, we, we've been looking at some difficult things uh, that Jesus had to say. In fact, there are things that in a lot of ways uh, we wish he wouldn't have said them. You know, we, we wish we could just kind of roll, roll them back and, and ignore them, right? But he said them, and so we got to deal with them. And, and so we're just dealing with uh, these hard things. And this is the last one in the series. Uh, and that doesn't mean there aren't more hard things he said, but at least this is the last one in the series, okay? And, and this is a big one today. This is a big one. Uh, and you'll, you'll know it right away as, uh, as you hear it. It comes out of Matthew 16. Then Jesus spoke to his disciples, and he said, if anybody wants to follow me, he must say no to himself. He must pick up his cross and follow me. Why do you have to say that? I mean, I like doing it my way. I like me living. I like being in control of my own life. I like making my own choices. I like it when life is about me. I like controlling my own destiny. After all, we say it's my life. And therein lies the problem. You see, Jesus is willing to say the tough things in these tough words because he knows the fallacy of that understanding. That, that when we live life all about ourselves, that somehow it's my life. Really? No, see, he understands. 
He, he gets it. He knows more than we do. He understands that life isn't about us and that we don't own ourselves. We're owned. We're claimed. We're bought with a price. And so he comes to us with these difficult sayings and says, now, now listen, if you want to follow me, if you want to have the life God wants for you, if you want to have a life that is absolutely more than you dreamed or imagined, then here's some things you have to do. And it starts with this. If you want to follow me, you got to say no to yourself. Now that's a tough one, isn't it? Because I like saying yes to me. I like saying yes to me. I like saying, geez, that looks really good. I, I'd like to have that. Well, yes, go ahead and you deserve it. I like saying yes to me. I like saying yes when it comes to, well, I know I'll go in debt, and I know I can't afford it, but, you know, it's all about me, and I like saying yes to me. See, we like saying yes to me, and yet Jesus is teaching us this morning in this hard saying, getting at our face and saying, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Life is about saying no to yourself. Now, now we can't soften this morning uh, these words. Because you have to take it within the context of the whole verse here. He says, if anybody wants to follow me, so you want that, that life he's dreamed for you, then, then you've got to say no to yourself, pick up the cross and follow me. We're talking about a cross here. Right? That's the context. We're talking about the cross. And when he says, you must say no to yourself, what he really means, what he's really saying, you have to die. You have to die. You've you got to be ready to, to sacrifice and put to death all that meanness. You've you got to be ready to, to let all that stuff that's about me and wanting it my way, you've got to be ready to let go all that stuff, not just say no. You've you got to be ready to put it to death. You see, the context of this is the cross. He is not softening it at all. He's saying, listen, you've got to be ready to die. You've got to be ready to die. I mean, after all, I mean, we know that's what the cross does, right? I mean, that, that's what happens uh, on a cross. When Jesus first said this, anybody who heard this would have understood that completely. They would have got it. When, when Herod the Great died, when he died, the Jews revolted. The Romans came in, put down the revolt, and they executed on the cross over 2,000 people. They, they estimate, historians look at this, and they estimated that in the time of Jesus, in the period of Jesus alone, the Romans probably crucified 30,000 people. Do you think they got the concept of the cross? Amen, absolutely, huh? They knew what the cross was about. It, it wasn't something like this that we hear out in our culture, right? Well, you know, the person's got just this rebellious child, and they say, well, I got this rebellious child... I guess it's just the cross I bear. Right? You know, I just can't seem to lose this weight. I guess it's just the cross I bear. I like chocolate. Right? No! That's not the cross. Don't lighten this morning. Don't, don't, don't make light of what he's saying here. This is absolutely, utterly serious stuff. He is getting in our face because he loves us too much. And he's saying, listen, you have to die. 
have to die. You have to execute all that me-focused stuff in your life. Now, why would he say that? Well, he would say that because he understands that there is more to life for us. And he would even apply that into intimate places in our life so that we understand how serious this is. If you look at this text, man, this is not a happy text. It says, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anybody who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not pick up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Mom and dad, you liking that one? But now this shouldn't surprise us. This shouldn't come as a surprise to us, right? I mean, we, we did, you know, several weeks ago, we did that, that series on the perfect ten, the Ten Commandments, right? And you remember the first commandment? Yeah, something about you shall have no other gods before me, right? What was it? Nothing else is more important than him. Nothing else is more important than him. Nobody else is more important than him. So, so what Jesus is saying to us this morning is, is not something foreign to us. It's consistent with what God has said from the beginning of time. But, but now he applies it to us straight through his experience and says, now listen, here's what you've got to get. Here's what you've got to get. You've got to be ready to die and say, my life is no longer my own. It doesn't belong to me. It never has. It's all his. It's not about me. It's all about him. Why is this important? He gives us in Matthew 16 the formula that helps us understand why and how our lives can be more than we dream or imagine. He, he says right here, if he wants to save his life, he will lose it. But if he loses his life for me, he will find it. That's the key. This is the key principle. The key principle for us is to understand, listen, we hear him say, you've got to die. And we say, oh, oh, you, oh, i got to die? No, willingly, yes, absolutely, give it up. Why? Because when you die, when you give it up, when you say, my life is no longer my own, it is all about him, he understands that's when you start living. That's when life takes on a whole new significance that you could never dream of or imagine on your own. He says, think about it. What, what good, what good is it if somebody gains the whole world, you do everything for yourself, you get everything you wanted, you live a life all about you, but you lose your soul? Or, or what can anybody trade for his soul? The Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory, his angels will come with him, he will reward everyone in keeping with what they've done. What's the principle? The principle is what he's asking us to do is die so that we can live. To, to go ahead and die so that we can discover the incredible life that he wants us to live. It's the principle. It's the same principle that was captured in Matthew 6. And a lot of us, we know this verse. I mean, we, you know, we know this verse by heart, a lot of us, right? But, but don't soften the verse, right? Think about this verse in light of what it means to die, right? He says, but put God's kingdom where? Right? Just what he said. Put God's kingdom first. 
Do what He wants you to do. Die to yourself. Let go of all those desires. Let go of all this stuff that you think is important. Just, just make your life all about what God is, right? Do what God wants you to do. Then what happens? All these things will also be given to you. This is it. When we die, when we give up our lives, when we surrender and say, it's not about me, it's all about Christ, then our lives take on significance. Then we discover life. Then, then we, we get to figure out, we get to see that God has so much more in store for us. He has so much more opportunity for us when we live for Him and His purposes and His desires when we just simply let it go. It is a hard saying. It is a hard saying. But he says hard things. Why? Because he doesn't want you to waste your life. He doesn't want you to waste your family's life. He, he doesn't want you to waste the opportunities in your career, in your work life. He sees so much more. And he can do so much more. If we just start here. Die. So let's go back to the verse. What does it mean for us? Well, he says, if anybody wants to follow me, follow me, he must say no to himself. He must die on the cross. Paul says it this way in Romans 6. In the same way, consider yourselves as to be as dead as far as sin is concerned. Now that you believe in Christ Jesus, consider yourselves to be alive as far as God is concerned. See the principle? It's just what we've been talking about. When, when we let go of ourselves, then life becomes significant. And, and, and we should get this if we just look at Jesus' life because He's not asking us to do anything that He hasn't already done. And, and wouldn't you agree with me that Jesus is probably the most significant person that's ever lived? And, and when we look at Philippians, Paul says this about Jesus. Look, you should think the same way that Christ Jesus does. This is what you've got to get in your head. In his very nature, he was God. But he didn't think that being equal with God was something that he should hold on to. Instead, he made himself nothing. Died to himself. He took on the very nature of a servant. He was made in human form. He appeared as a man. He came down to the lowest level he obeyed God completely. Not about himself, all about God. He obeyed God completely, even though it led to his death. See it? In fact, he died on a cross. So God lifted him up to the highest place. Did you see what happened in the last verse? He died on the cross. He gave up everything. And what's the outcome? His life became more. He was lifted to the highest place. He is the example of everything that we're talking about this morning. He's the example. What does it mean for us? Well, it means for us to receive this hard word. Just receive this because we know Jesus is saying it because he wants so much more for our life. And, and be ready to do just what it says. Just die. Just surrender it. Just surrender it. And then... He challenges us to take the next step. Now, what's important is to understand that the next step is a life step. So often we, we hear this, this verse in, 
and uh, folks look at the verse and they, and they look at this next section where it says he must pick up his cross every day. They hear that verse and say, oh, okay, got to carry the cross. Just going to carry that burden all day, right? You know that attitude? No, that's not what he's saying. See, look, you, you die to yourself. Okay, here, that's the death step. This is now the life step, okay? Death step, die to yourself. Let it go. Just live for Christ. Now comes the life step. Here's what we do. We pick up the cross. We choose to say, I am going to live a cross life. I'm going to pick up the cross, and I'm going to carry that cross into every situation. All the time, every day. I'm going to get up in the morning and make the sign of the cross over me and say, listen, I'm going to carry that cross all day, and I'm going to carry that cross into every situation of my life. Why would I do that? Well, geez, think about it. It means you're going to walk through the day carrying the cross in the knowledge and the awareness that you walk as a forgiven person. You walk as a forgiven person. You walk into that day not carrying all the baggage of yesterday, not carrying all the burdens of yesterday, not carrying all the stuff that brought you down yesterday. You, you, you walk into a new day saying, listen, I'm a cross person. I'm carrying the cross today. And the cross is where forgiveness is won. The cross is where Jesus died for us so we can live the new life and be forgiven. I'm going to walk a forgiven life. Walk a forgiven life. He says, but suppose we walk in the light. Just as he is in the light, then we share life with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, makes us pure from all sin. I want to take up his cross. I willingly take up his cross. Why? Because I want to live a forgiven life. The world's out there living a guilt life. The world's out there living a selfish life. The world's carrying all the baggage that goes with that. You don't have to do that. You die to yourself, you grab the cross, you pick that puppy up and say, Whoa, I am different. I am different. I'm forgiven. I'm going to walk through this day with a knowledge and an awareness in my life that I walk through the day as a forgiven person. Think about this. If you willingly pick up that cross and you do it every day, what would it be in your families? What would it be in your marriages? What would it be in your office and in your work environment if you kept that awareness and knowledge and said, listen, I'm going to walk into those relationships and I'm going to walk in as a cross person. I'm going to carry the cross into those relationships. What does it mean? Well, I'm going to put to death all those hateful words. I'm going to put to death all my resentments. I'm going to put to death anger. I'm going to put to death that desire to get even. I'm going to put all that to death. I'm going to walk as a cross person into those relationships. Could this make a difference in your relationships? Absolutely. They start living. They start living. You see, for us, it is life when we grab the cross and we pick it up and it lifts us up. It says he was lifted up on the cross. It's not a burden. It's an opportunity. We carry the cross into every situation. And because we carry that cross into every situation... We can claim what the cross does for us. In Colossians, Paul says, God was pleased to bring all things back to himself because of what Christ has done on the cross. That including all things on earth and in heaven, God made peace through Christ's blood, through his death on the cross. 
Think about that. You, you pick up the cross every single day. And you live as that forgiven person. And you, you carry that cross into every situation and all your relationships. It also means when you look at the mirror in relationship to yourself, you can look in the mirror and see a new person. You can look in the mirror and see a valuable person. You, you don't have to look anymore and feel somehow worthless or, or unwanted. When you look in the mirror, carry the cross into that situation and understand, wow, God loves me that much? God cares for me that much that he would die for me like that? You see, we carry the cross into every situation because it lifts us up. And while we're carrying that cross, we're able to make the impact we can make for the kingdom of heaven. We carry the cross into every situation, and that makes it possible for us to make an impact, not because of us, but because we carry Christ in the cross into all those situations. Look at 1 Peter 1. The blood of Christ sets you free from an empty way of life. How cool is that? Sets you free from an empty way of life. That way of life was handed down to you by your own people long ago. You know that you were not bought with things that can pass away like silver or gold. Instead, you, no, you, you were bought with the priceless blood of Christ. I want to carry that one every day, don't you? I want to carry that one every day. I want to pick that one up every day and, and carry that every day into every situation in my life that says, wait a minute, I'm here. The blood of Christ the cross of Christ, I'm here to be that kind of impact person in the world. My life is not going to be wasted. My life is not going to just be just an empty life. You see, when you willingly pick up the cross, it gets you in that place that God wants you to be. You can live for Christ. You can do what God wants you to do. You can bring that into your relationships. You can bring that into your families. You can bring that into your kids. You can bring that into your work life. You carry the cross in every situation. And wherever the cross is, God is going to make a difference. God is going to work. He's going to make a difference in our lives. It means for us, we willingly pick up the cross. And we walk with it and we talk it. We walk it and we talk it. We willingly pick up that cross and we walk it and talk it. See, I don't want to be that person that's going around saying, well, just bearing the cross, you know, just bearing the cross. No, Paul tells us we ought to be the people that talk about the brag, brag about the cross. It says, wait, listen, friend, my life has been changed because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. My life will never be the same because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. Look what Paul says in Galatians. I, I, I never, never want to brag about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through that cross, the ways of this world have been crucified, as far as I'm concerned. Died. Died to that stuff. And I have been crucified as far as the ways of the world are concerned. Does Paul get it? He gets it, right? He gets it. He understands. He's living an impactful life. He's already picked up that cross, and he's saying, listen, I'm going to carry that into every situation, and I'm going to brag about the cross. I I'm going to tell people the difference of being a cross person, what that means in life. I'm going to brag about what Jesus did for me on the cross so that my life can be totally 
alive, full, and overflowing. I'm going to be a cross person. I'm going to willingly pick up that cross because I know God wants more for me than I could ever want for myself. Now, this is a hard saying for us today because it goes back to the very beginning where we started with, with Jesus just coming in our face and saying, listen, here's the cost. You've got to be ready to die. You've got to be ready to die. There's no other way around it. You can't soften it. You've got to be ready to die. And Jesus would be wise enough this morning, and he would talk to us in the room this morning and say, now, you've got to think about this. This is a light thing. You've got to weigh the cost. He even says that in Matthew. He says, anyone who doesn't carry his cross and follow me can't be my disciple. Suppose someone wants to build a tower. Won't he sit down first and figure out how much it will cost? Then he'll see whether he has enough money to finish it. Suppose he starts building and is not able to finish. Then everyone who sees what he has done will laugh at him. They'll say, oh, this fellow started to build, but he wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. And, and suppose he has 10,000 men while the other has 20,000 coming against him. Won't he first sit down and think about whether he can win? And suppose he decides he can't win. Then he'll send some men to ask how peace can be made. He will do this while the other king's still far away. In the same way, you must give up everything you have. If you don't, you can't be my disciple. Folks, you've got to weigh it up. You've got to weigh it up. You've got to count the cost. I want you to think about it this way. See, so often when we hear this, we get it, we say, "Well, so I'm going to lose what? How, so this is going to this is going to cost me all." Think about it this way: If you don't die, are you ready to give up all the promises that God's spoken over your life? If you don't die, are, are you ready to give up? everything that God wants to bring in your life? If you don't die, do you still want to live the same old, empty life? Paul answered that question for himself. He counted the cost. He answered the question for himself. He said, as far as being committed is concerned, I opposed and attacked the church. As far as keeping the law is concerned, I kept it perfectly. I thought things like that were for my benefit, but now I consider them to be nothing because of Christ. Even more, I consider everything to be nothing compared to knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. To know Him is the best thing of all. Because of Him, I have lost everything. But I consider all of it to be garbage so that I can know Christ. I want to be joined to Him. For me, being right with God doesn't come from the law. It comes from because I believe in Christ. It comes from God. It's received by faith. Now look at this. I want to know Christ better. I want to know the power that's raised Him from the dead. I want to share His sufferings. I want to become like Him by sharing in His death. Then by God's grace, I will rise from the dead. Paul counted the cost. And he couldn't imagine his life without Christ. It's a hard saying. But why does he say it? Because he knows 
He knows what your life will become if you just give it up. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. You're willing to speak to us uh, hard things because you want more for our life. You're willing to speak to us because you know what our life can become if we, if we just if we just give it up, if we just lose it and instead grab hold of the cross and carry that thing into every situation. Father, we just ask this morning, empower us to do that. It's a grace thing. Empower us to just give up. Give up our families, give up our marriages, give up our work life, give up everything that we have, give up all that we are, and say, listen, it's not about me. This is all about Christ. Because I know He has so much more to do in my life. Father, we surrender to You in Jesus' name. Amen.